This is the Daily Dispatch podcast with your business correspondent, Ted Keenan. Today, Dispatch Live's Ted Keenan is talking to Templeton, better known as Pinky Yorba. Pinky, you've been in the agricultural sector for as long as you can remember, and you retired recently as a director in the Director General of the National Department of Agriculture. And you've taken on a massive challenge. And perhaps I can just read some of the problems that you are facing. The escalating levels of joblessness, unavailability of clean drinking water for humans and animals, crime, teenage pregnancy, poor schooling facilities, highest illiteracy rate, and poor forms of infrastructure, starvation, social ills, and other challenges, all signaling a dire need for intervention. Where is this going to happen? Um, <clears throat> this is already happening, and uh, what, we have, what has happened now is that we have established uh, an, uh, the non-profit organization called Umjelo, Umjelo non-profit organization, which is basically an initiative by Clive Berlin, uh, after his retirement, he has all this dream, you know, to set up this because he has been interacting in the area. Uh, he has a cottage in the area, and therefore, you know, he has actually physically been in, in, in observing the starvation and all problems taking place in the area. So he then decided that um, when he retires, he should be he should actually make a contribution in the area. And we're talking about Malaweni village now. I'm talking an area called Mamolweni uh, administrative area, and uh, just uh, in the alongside, along you know, closer to Indian Ocean, um, is in with is within Nyandini local municipality. Um, yes, within our Tambo district municipality. The challenges that we spoke about, or should I say that I read about, are immense. You have massive illiteracy, you've got starvation. So it's not just the malnutrition aspect, it is actually starvation. What are the, the wins that you are looking at to get the community behind you? What are the first sort of things that you might be doing? Uh, yeah, I, I think basically, you know, from experience, if you are going to make, uh, you know, a strategic intervention in a particular area uh, for development, you know, you want to push an, a, a development agenda in a particular area, the first thing you should be, uh, you know, looking at or examining uh, is to understand the, the inherent strengths of the area. And as well, you could also be looking at the, the, the inherent weaknesses of the area. This, that, is become, that becomes primary because this is the basis of your development. Because you have to uh, go along with the felt needs of the people. There might be so many needs of the people, but you must zoom at the felt needs of the area, guided by the strengths of the area and the inherent strengths of the area and guided by the inherent weaknesses of the area. And what are the inherent strengths? 
there, there's quite what we did, apart from what I'm going to tell you, you know, we have listed quite a number of them, uh, you know, because we have an, a rural appraisal workshop with the community. We have groupings of people that were debating, you know, what, should, what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, what are the opportunities and so forth. But primarily people have mentioned a lot of things. One particular strength of the area, that the area has the potential for agriculture, for cropping, to, so to say, um, be it irrigation, because there, there are rivers. The soils are very good, they're very deep. There's high rainfall area. There's sunshine, high, there's a sufficient heat units to grow crops. That poses that in itself, you know, you know, present a situation for 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 for, for cropping and, and and yeah for cropping related issues. But uh, uh, additional to that, there's also, as I said, the area is along the sea. The area is along the sea, and is very very close to the sea. Uh, and for ages, for time in memoria, people cannot even begin to think when people have seen people moving into the area. Some are local in the sense of they are from South Africa, some are, some are international. They come and harvest seafoods in the in the what you call in the area. And, uh, and therefore, we, we think that, uh, you know, the area has aquaculture potential as well. At this point in time, we don't know exactly where, <clears throat> you know, the, the feasibility study will guide us as to where, where's the end point. Do we go for mussels? Mussels? We go for crayfish? We go for big fishes and so forth, or for the bait, etc. All these things that could make that could primarily be a food security to the people, to the local people, and uh, secondly, become, uh, you know, where we can see an opportunity to commercialize. You mentioned also the aspect of basically household gardens where you could be keeping chickens in those gardens, you could be growing spinaches, vegetables, uh, potatoes. So there's a, a large opportunity for people to feed themselves. That, that is very true. As I said earlier on, the area has high you know, potential for agriculture. There's good soils. There's, there's rainfall, there's sunshine. And therefore, summer crops uh, you know, could thrive in that area. It's a good summer cropping area. And people already, they have their own gardens. They are fenced, uh, largely fenced, and uh, they are attended to. Uh, at this point, what we have observed that uh, they're still growing largely, you know, maize on their gardens, very little patches of vegetables. So the, the start has been to encourage what is happening. But at the same time, we're saying to them, we're beginning to say, okay, maize alone is not necessarily nutritious. Therefore, we are beginning to look together with other stakeholders at the Department of Agriculture, looking at a situation where we improve the quality of food so that they can begin to have highly nutritious food. We have already decided on spinach, cabbages, uh, orange flesh, sweet potato um, as a start. 
But again, we are not moving away. We are not moving people away from their uh, indigenous way of of life. And where where we are, you know, we are finding means and ways to to make them understand that you know there's you know there's, there's uh, having seen the undernutrition under and malnutrition in the area, so we are beginning to to push for 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 highly nutritious food in the area. When we discussed the podcast earlier, Clark Berlin was saying his greatest win would be to see education. He wants to see kids at school. He wants to see them flourishing at school. This is a target I know you share with him. What would be the first sort of steps that the Angela nonprofit organization has to get right? Okay, uh, you are right by saying so. What, what, what in my, let me just give you what my understanding of what Clive has done before. Clive has been what I would call an oasis in the middle of a desert. He has supported uh, education in the area just before the establishment of this NPO. In terms of clothing, he has been supplying books. He has been educated, he has educated a lot of children in the area and in other areas as well, and up to some of them to a graduate level, you know, from his pocket. So he, you know, that's why Clive had mentioned that education is primary. So because it is something that he was already, he was already assisting on. And now he has already, with the, with the newly established NPO, Clive has supplied water tanks in the school, he has supplied clothing, he has supplied books for learners, he has supplied school shoes, he has supplied sanitary pads, uh, you know, just to mention a few. So it, it is quite primary that we also focus on the educational aspect. If your opening statement on the problem statement, I'm talking about illiteracy rates as well, and, and it, that is a worrying factor. Numeracy and illiteracy is a problem in the area. Again, with education, there are all you know the, the challenges go beyond that. The children going to school, you know, having not had enough food mm. and poor food, etc. So that's why we, 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 when we talk education, we talk agriculture at the same time. So that's, that would be a big win if we do that. There's an old saying about how do you eat an elephant? And the way you eat an elephant is one bite at a time. So you guys are taking more than one bite at a time, but I have no doubt that you will eat the elephant. Pinky, it's been a pleasure for Dispatch Live to talk to you. Okay. Thank you very much for your time. Okay. No, thanks, Ted. Thanks. Well, I really appreciate We would appreciate if we, you know, with this type of interview, could begin to make sense to a lot of people, industry, business people, so because we need, you know, assistance, as much assistance, so that we can, as you are saying, this is an elephant. So we are just fewer of us to, to dissect it. We, we just need so much resources. Thanks so much. Thank you for your time. Okay, thanks. Goodbye. Thanks.